and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I am David Wilson, joined as always by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going great as usual. How are you? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, we're back pretty early this week after we did a one later in the week last week because there was some news over the weekend. Um, we knew it could kind of come at any moment, but Miami... Announcing its offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley, um, formerly of SMU, prior to his one season there, he was at UConn for a year, and prior to that, he was kind of Gus Malzahn's right-hand man um, at Auburn, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and more than even necessarily, you know, he's, he's very accomplished as an offensive coordinator. SMU had one of the best offenses in the country last year, but more than any number, any stat, any level of production, it just signals finally the stylistic shift on offense that Miami fans have been waiting on, and that's the arrival of the spread back in uh, Coral Gables. Yeah, and I think it's really exciting, something for fans yeah, it's something to look new, forward right? to. And I know fans, when when we wrote that other story uh, about you know Manny saying we're, we're changing to the spread, to an up-tempo, finally, and I know I got a lot of replies to my tweet of that story and people absolutely did not believe it so now i think they believe it i think manny is against the wall he knows yeah. he had to do something he knows mm-hmm. so um yeah i think it sounds like i've from people i know that covered him um said that he's he's a good guy and he's smart and uh and and good at what he does yeah and he was accomplished you know it's, it's kind of weird his last two stops have been yukon which is like a nothing program at this point and SMU and he actually was a, a big part of they were one of kind of the the pleasant surprises in all of college football last year and it was largely because of what they did offensively um so it's two weird kind of last stops for him um especially after he had a lot of success at Auburn um but it was kind of what it seemed like is he always kind of knew that if he was going to be able to kind of have the path toward maybe being a head coach he was going to have to step out of Melzon's shadow at some point and, and kind of prove himself um elsewhere and, and he did it last year at uh SMU in particular they were top 10 in average yards per game they were average you know top 50 in yards per play uh second fastest tempo in the country averaging about 80 plays per game which is what like 20 more than Miami ran per game so you know, he's got a system. Uh, let Shane Bouchelle have a, have a big year for them through 34 touchdowns, nearly 4,000 yards. Um, it's a quarterback-friendly system, and considering the trouble Miami has had finding a quarterback over the last half decade, pretty much, or I guess not quite that long, but since Brad Kyle left, like, it's what you needed. It was – it's both a potentially long-term beneficial move because so many of these – really successful programs now run spread offenses, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of a quick fix for Manny when he needed a quick fix. The offense should basically just because they're running spread be massively improved next year. If it, if, if it works, it's also a high risk, what high risk, high rewards is for the coach, for the coach, for Lashley, because, Oh yeah. For Lashley. Lashley, I mean, coming to UM, it's, you know, kind of a, a program that, 
you know, has been in the limelight for so long, has been formerly, um, and has had so many problems in the last 10 years or, you know, the mediocrity, the worse than mediocrity, um, the problems, the inner turmoil. And, you know, Danny Enos took that risk, uh, you know, going from Alabama to Miami. Right. And it did definitely did not work out for Danny Enos. And so now you have another another man um, who comes and it should be really interesting because he's people come to Miami there. It's, it's beautiful here. <laughs> it yeah. is, I mean, I, you know, who doesn't want to yeah. live? I mean, I, who doesn't want to live in South Florida? Um, and, um, you know, so I'm really interested to see be, because it's just not only his system. Everybody just assumes that everything's all right now. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be fine. But, you know, I've just seen too many, you know, we thought there were answers for all kinds of things in the last 10 years and it, and it really didn't come, come to be Mark Rick and who, I mean, that did a lot of great things for the program. He really did. But, um, you know, as far as wins go, we'll right. have to see what happens. I'm really interested in seeing. And, and then also quarterbacks learning a whole new system or mm-hmm. a whole new offense. Uh, here, here we go again. But I think it's definitely worth it. I'm really psyched to see what happens. Yeah. I think it's obviously not ideal for, uh, Nicosi and Jaron to be playing for their third different offensive coordinator in three in the last three years. Right. Um, and, and Jaron quarter, obviously quarterbacks coach. And, yeah. Yeah. But I think this is an offense that all of them are probably more comfortable with, mm-hmm. which is which is important to note also that you know all these guys run spread in high school. I, I talked about it last week. It's just if you're trying to have immediate success, if you're trying to get freshmen on the field, it's hard to do that in a pro style system. I mean, remember the whole spring we were watching the quarterbacks kind of struggle as they were going through drills, working under center. Like it's a tough transition for these guys to make. Um, you know, the, the idea last year was that one of them would grasp it. You'd be pretty good. And, and you've kind of have now developed this system that's going to be in place for a long time. And, um, you know, pro style system gets guys ready for the NFL can be good. Obviously, you know, like Alabama still runs like pro style stuff. Like that's where Danny knows came from. Um, but the spread is can be yeah, a quick fix. And, and it can it, get guys on the field quicker, which is right. a huge problem with Miami. I mean, I talked about it last week also. Like, you watch these really good teams play, and, and they recruit better than Miami, so they have better freshmen. But they're always freshmen on the field in big games. And that's something Miami just hasn't really had, aside from the two offensive and, linemen right. over the last couple of years. I guess DJ Dallas and Jeff Thomas. But there just haven't been a ton of skill guys who are, like, real big impact players as freshmen for Miami in, in the last couple seasons. Yeah. And now that, I mean, something that's interesting where they will get the freshmen on the field, I think is, uh, is the idea that Lashley um, runs almost the same amount as he passes, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and, and then they could, they could utilize, um, uh, you know, the two new, two new running backs yeah. that they just recruited the four stars. So Don Chaney and Jalen uh, Knight yep. um, from the Bucks. Anyway, yep. uh, I, yeah, I think <laughs> Buck pride, Buck pride. Anyway, I think um, 
I think that's kind of cool, and I and I still kind of repeating what you said uh, when I looked at the NCAA stats and I saw that Lashley's plays per game average this past season mm-hmm. uh, was eighty point nine plays. Okay, yeah. which is wow, that's a ton per game. UM's average was sixty four point nine, eighty point nine, sixty four. So that's Sixteen a difference of sixteen plays a game. Think of what you can get done in sixteen plays. Yeah, that's sixty more touch wow. like it's sixty I, more touches to go around. Like you think about all these guys who are maybe frustrated with their right. lack of playing time, their lack of targets. Yeah. That's three more targets a game for Mark Pope. That's, that's yeah. Three extra carries a game for the running backs that, you know, maybe gets Lorenzo Lingard on the field, like a guy like that who who feels like he's maybe being overlooked. Because when you're running 65 plays a game, they're playing the same two. Like, you only have to go two deep at running back. You only have to go five deep at wide receiver. When you're playing, when you're running this tempo, you got to get more guys on the field and more touches to go around make guys happier, obviously. And yeah. and it we've we said this over and over again throughout the end of the season. Miami, say what you want about their talent and the fact that they maybe don't recruit as well as a lot of people want them to. They still have more talent than any other team in the Coastal. And... More plays per game. You know, that's how you win. You know, when If you watch a basketball right. game, the worst team tries to slow it down. They try to limit possessions because the more plays, the more possessions that happen in a game, chances are talent's just going to win out. And that's what Miami should be doing. Um, you know, they shouldn't be letting these lesser teams dictate tempo against them. And that's what you do when you play slow. True. I, I think, David, also we, we have to – we have to mention that it's more than just the offense. I mean, like I said, Lashley comes in and just because he's good and smart and has a good system, now it depends on really the players and what's going yeah. on internally. There's stuff going on there that's a mess, I think, internally. Mm-hmm. We know some of it. We don't know all of it. Um, but... Uh, Manny's got to get it together. Yeah. I, 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 and 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 Lashley could fire a couple coaches, like mm-hmm. we said, and bring in a couple of his own guys. Um. I and they just they're they're, they're problems there as far as the culture goes. Yeah. And uh, and it's got to be fixed. Mm-hmm. It, it not it's not just the X's and O's. It's right. not. Well, I think I think every I mean we saw it last year. I think there's a honeymoon phase for these new coaches, right? Like the players. I mean, we don't know what everyone's thinking, but when Dan Enos got hired, he comes in. He's the guy who's at Alabama. He coached two and and Jalen. Um, everybody I, loves everyone. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Oh so Lashley gets he'll get that uh, honeymoon period probably, and it's but you got to produce because we saw how how quickly. Not only the fans turn on the coaches, but the players when they don't buy in. Exactly. It, exactly. I mean, it clearly is part of what happened down the stretch last year, um, or this last season. I don't know if it's technically last season yet, but this most recent season that just ended, uh, we definitely saw it happen where players stopped buying in, and, and it's definitely also what happened at the end of Mark Rick's tenure. Yeah, I so the, I mean, if the chemistry doesn't work, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, I, chemistry among the coaches, they've just got to all believe and, and buy into all that stuff. And uh, and really, you will ju- we're just going to have to see what happens. I, I, they, they're all going to talk like they're excited and whatever. I'm 
spring football is going to be really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we'll, we'll get to see as much, yeah. right, as we did last year. Tate Martell factor. By the way, t- this is interesting. Tate Martell, I went back over their Twitter feeds, and I haven't seen them in the last couple of days, but Tate Martell was the only one that retweeted the news <laughs> on Lashley, which I thought was very interesting, okay? Um, because these kids are pretty social media savvy and they're yeah. always they have no self-control and, they, <laughs> and, and so i so tate martell was like yeah well okay, you mentioned up. you mentioned the fact that they run a he runs just as much as he passes yeah. i mean if you think about some of those auburn teams that have been their best teams you know that the rent lashley was was there for um you know in in 2013 or well you're uh-huh. the 20 yeah 2013 2014 when they went to the national championship, their quarterback was Nick Williams, who was like a run-first guy. Um, ended up playing cornerback, I think, in the NFL or defensive back. So like, uh-huh. it's run. They they run the ball not just because they hand the ball off, but because they have, you know, they they're open to running quarterbacks. It's it's similar. You know, it's not the same offense that Urban Meyer runs, but it's that same sort of you know spread rushing attack that. Yeah, it's pretty friendly to a quarterback and, like Tate Martell. And maybe this guy. I mean, I don't. I don't really know him that well. I don't really know Rhett Lashley, but maybe he. Maybe Tate Martell actually has a place in this offense. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's not the main quarterback, but maybe he actually does has have packages that he can run and where you can mix it up a little bit using him. I don't know. Maybe. I. Yeah, I mean, I so far, be. so far, none of the three quarterbacks have transferred. Of course, this none could always change, but we're kind of coming up against the point where, like, if you don't transfer soon, you're, right. you might as well stick around for spring football and see what happens. Um, I, I think Jaron and Nikosi uh, were maybe unhappy. Okay, and I, yeah. I know they haven't. And Tate obviously had his own issues. Tate has his own issues. I think Tate's probably excited at what could be, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, again, I just, you know, it's interesting to me that those guys, yeah. the quarterbacks, who will be their quarterbacks. Yeah, but the point I was about to make is that you come in because of the way Miami's quarterbacks have played over the last couple of years, you would think that's where you need to, like, that's a problem spot for him. But you do come in and I still think it's pretty clear all three are pretty talented. Uh huh. Even if they, you know, they each have their clear strengths and their clear weaknesses right. and, and massive inconsistencies. But, I mean, Jaron threw for six touchdowns in a game this year. I mean, Nikosi led that crazy comeback against Virginia Tech and, and has as strong an arm as you'll find pretty much. When And when you combine that with his ability to scramble, like, that's a real tantalizing skill set that – is makes him a, a guy that you watch and you're like maybe I can figure this out and then obviously Tate was you know a top 50 high school quarterback top 50 player in the country coming out of high school who is is a really interesting dual threat guy too even if he hasn't necessarily shown it at this level but there's there's still like stuff to work with and, and you got and then obviously Tyler, the freshman Tyler Van Dyke you got coming Tyler in. Van Dyke who's I mean he's maybe the luckiest because he'll he'll be raw yeah. You so, know. I mean, you got four guys who all clearly have talent, um, which is better. I mean, it's still like a better situation than you probably had two years ago when you were coming in and the competition was like Malik Rozier versus Evan Sheriffs, who were like Malik had a pretty good year that year, but like Evan Sheriffs, but like yeah. at the same time, that was like not a 
comp like it was yeah. a competition, but it was kind of you're trying to find the lesser. You were trying to find someone who could like really manage things. With these four, you still have the chance that one of these guys is gonna put it together and now let me let me give you become a, a good scenario, a possible scenario. Let's say you and pick somebody up in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. right? It's gonna spook the other guys. But they, I don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe it's too late for them, but I think there's gonna be whoo. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I mean if but. It, I, we talked about this also, yeah. I think, in the last Remember? episode. Like, Which, do you care it? if any of these guys transfer? Like, yeah, right. they're all still interesting. Like, maybe they'll be good, but like, you're not at the point where you are worried about one of these guys transferring. I, 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 I mean, has to be particularly other if stuff you get a transfer. In the background, okay, with Jaron. Yeah. I, I, I think Jaron. I, I don't know. I, I would be more upset if he transferred, but I think there's all kinds of problems there that Yeah, I mean he's really, clearly been emotional. Surface. Like we yeah. said, like But I think he's he was not he has a his... lot of talent. Nikosi also came in out of high school. He was super talented, mm-hmm. but he just hasn't sh- Yeah, I mean Jaron just by he's... just because of his age is probably the guy that you're like he still has probably the highest ceiling. I think because so. Because he's only you know, he's only gonna be a redshirt freshman. But his decision making, maybe or I yeah. don't know. Recently. And he has shown the highest highs of the group, I think. I mean, obviously he threw for six touchdowns that Louisville game. Like Nikosi has had his moments. Tate really hasn't had moments yet, but there's still like if I was you know, if Jaron was gonna transfer, I think he would have suitors. I think there would be other Yes. Like other real schools out there no being doubt. like Let's take a shot. Yeah. Agree. All right. Um, so I guess the other story still kind of looming is um, Alonzo Highsmith. Nothing, no developments yet, but that's still kind of the story looming around this program could be the next bit of news to drop. Um, Miami had said that they were prioritizing this offensive coordinator higher to filling out this chief of staff. I don't know if they and said was, that or even reported. And, we t- and our last podcast, that was the big thing we yeah, talked yeah. about, right? The power mm-hmm. struggle. And it, it turns out kind of true, I think, because yeah. uh, it, it, it appears according to sources uh, that, um, you know, Blake Blake James really doesn't doesn't want, at least at this point, to, to hire someone like a general manager um, and somebody who has a lot of power mm-hmm. in the program. Um, and uh, he he doesn't want. You know, Barry Jackson reported that he didn't want that that Blake James didn't want someone looking over Manny Diaz's shoulder. Um, and you know, that's interesting. Nothing. Nothing has happened, and there are all kinds of. I mean, we also reported that, uh, you know, that he was maybe offered a, um, a like a lesser role, okay, and, and maybe uh, that wouldn't have as much power, really. I think, and I and think, as we I, said last week, that was never going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, I and I, yeah, exactly. That that Alonso wouldn't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting. I again, 
we're, we're just going to have to see what happens with that. And I, I think as soon as we finish this podcast, like Something's five minutes, gonna happen. Yeah. every time we finish a podcast, there's news five minutes later or like two hours later. Yeah, and, I, and it seems like maybe, you know, I don't want to say it's it's over for Alonzo Heisman's coming to Miami, but Miami missed a window, right? Like, from what we have heard, what we know about Alonzo, he was interested in coming oh, back no in that role. No and yeah, Miami no had maybe like a two- or three-day window where if they had made the offer and the offer was right, he'd probably be on his way to Coral Gables. Yeah, but they didn't. But now... You, you take too long. You, you've got different sides that want to do different things. They didn't want to make that offer. And right. you said it perfectly last week. You said, well, you know what? If he does very well, then James is out possibly yeah. in the future. And then who who could take over as AD? Right. Alonzo? I mean, all of it is just, uh, I don't know if it's a chess right. match or it's just, um, it's very political and has to do again with power and and the board of trustee members and donors and people supposedly are holding back money right uh, to to um do, donate to the university unless so-and-so comes in and it's just a it's kind of a mess honestly yeah and um you know? i mean but, so you missed that first window now he's at the point where he's talking to other people right from our understanding is is there yeah. going to be other other Got NFL it. jobs, probably not other colleges. But he missed the window, but it's not teams. even as much as – it's not like he missed the window because he really ever wanted to do it. And, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You no, know no, what no, I mean? No. I should have done it. No, But no, when you spend I, this time deliberating – Right, but when you spend right. this time deliberating, if they if they come back and, and they figure out Blake something – right, yes. James missing the window, right? If, if yeah. Blake James and the board of trustees and Manny kind of – let's say tomorrow, we're recording on – Monday. So let's say Tuesday, figure out, all right, we've got this idea for what he's going to be. And you make that offer to him. Right. At this point, he is, you know, maybe going to accept it. But I think he's also at the point where he's thinking about other NFL jobs, right? I mean, that probably was always the, the gotten, end goal. By the way, and I, we did kind of, we didn't have this exactly right on our last podcast. Right. He has not been. Not, yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing's, he has at least the last time I at least publicly, Alonso, yeah, um, yeah, has not been right. Let go of yeah. his job. It had been last, reported that may, that he was on his going way to be out. On his and, way out, but by very you know respected ESPN, people. Yeah. But but um, nothing has officially no, happened. Nothing, nothing has happened. So it's kind of I, I wonder if they're just kind of waiting to see if if that has something to do with his contract. <laughs> like if he gets a job right. at UM, that means. So and so. Yeah, you okay? don't have to so, pay the whole buyout yeah, or, or whatever. whatever. So maybe they're just waiting to see. Again, it's a chess match with more than two parties playing. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, there's going to be more news coming up soon. I think. Yeah, that that and then whatever position coach changes happen. Yeah, um, maybe maybe we said maybe the ones speculated line. are offensive line and wide receivers because those were kind of the two guys. Who who were Danny and those guys pretty much you know um, right. Stephen Field is a Miami guy who's Manny really from down here in South Butch Florida Barry, I think and um, Eric Hickson is oh, also a South Florida here. yeah and Steve. Eric Hickson's also a South Florida yeah, guy both like great recruiters yeah they've been yeah. kind of the, the particularly yeah. Hickson um, those two just because of their Miami ties their South Florida ties it'd be a, at the, like they're they're guys who are kind of seem like they're locked in. They were Manny guys. Like he kind of sought those guys out. 
Whereas Butch Berry was, you know, doesn't have any Miami ties beyond him coming down here with Danny Nose. And, and same goes for Stubblefield. So those are the two spots. And then, uh, obviously, offensive line was a uh, tricky spot for Miami this year, although I think it's still probably too early to judge about how much of that was because of Butch Berry and how much was youth starting to true freshmen. Yeah. Um, I thought some of those guys got better throughout the year too. Um, and that, but then wide receiver was one of the more disappointing. That was probably the most disappointing spot on the roster. Yeah, Definitely disappointing. And part of it is, you know, Jeff Thomas, what, you know, can anyone get through to him? Um, but even like Mark Pope didn't quite take the leap. No. I think that we thought maybe he was going to. He was D- a five star. Right? Yeah, D Wiggins didn't take a step enough. forward. Although no, he did. D Wiggins did, but he didn't keep right. going. Yeah, he yeah. did it, it almost like almost like Miami in those three games teased us so much. Yeah, Louisville and FSU. And Pope, Pope caught a t- long touchdown in the Louisville game, I and, think, and if D. I remember Wiggins, correctly. Right, right, FSU. In FSU and, game. I don't know if he did Louisville. There were six, so he must. You know, Jeremiah <laughs> Payton was Jeremiah yeah. Payton was a guy who was like really hyped up in the well, spring and then just gonna, kind of vanished. Yeah, like that's Jeremiah what I'm saying. With in terms of be good. yeah, I like him too. But I'm saying really in terms like of. Him. This year, a lot of guys who we thought were going to have good seasons for them ended up underwhelming. But Jeremiah, they redshirted, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not. They knew right, but I, I think throughout the saving him. Yeah, but I, I think I throughout really, the summer we thought he was going to be a factor. Right, but I'm glad they saved him. Yeah. I, I think he's. A, I think he's going to be really good. So yeah, so we'll be waiting on that. We'll be waiting on Alonzo Highsmith, and I guess even if they don't hire him, are they going to hire someone in that chief of staff role? Who right. knows at this Are point? It's kind of like any... a talk. Like, how frustrated are the fans going to be if they hire someone oh no God. one's ever heard of? And are there going to be any transfer portal yeah, we're quarterbacks? Still on... And then is is Manny Diaz going to do that? The portal? The swirling. Yeah. We'll see how. I'm, I'm actually curious uh, how Manny's going to handle uh, this offseason after last year was all about building hype, and, and it worked. I think he got people excited. It worked in the yeah, and it got people to buy tickets, but now it's the opposite. Yeah, no, so I think low key. Pers- personally, I would tone it down if I'm mad. Uh-huh. And then uh, I guess we'll start kind of moving into recruiting again in the next month because we've got the second signing date coming up. Second signing date, and they they can sign what? What six, are they? They have six people they wound up or with something? It? Seven? How, I don't remember how, how many signed. Nineteen. 18, 19, yeah, something like that. They can get to 25. Like 25 is yeah. the number I've heard. Like, I wonder, if, but they usually have that. creative ways to stick in more people. Yeah, and some of those guys will be portal guys. Like, I think they'll be in the market for a quarterback potentially. Like, not not necessarily. That's not priority number one like it was last off season. But if a guy's interested, and maybe I think, some receivers. Yeah, I think like receivers. Um, offensive line certainly is always going to be a, a spot. So. That'll be a, a developing story as we move forward. Anything else uh, before we finish up here? Nope. Um, like I said, as soon as we say, yeah. see you guys soon, uh-huh. news will break and we'll be back. All right. Uh, well, you can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, Susan will be keeping tabs on all things Alonzo Highsmith and transfers uh, over the next couple weeks. Um I'm all over the place, uh, keeping an eye on all this UM stuff as well. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week or whenever some massive piece of news (laughs) breaks. Maybe soon. Yeah. Have, Have a good few days. Thanks. Take care.